really holding bigger and bigger spaces for ourselves to be visible as a leader and mm-hmm. radiate. Mm-hmm. And then it's contagious. Courage is contagious. And so is creativity. And so is like this choosing this radical choice to say, I'm going to honor me first. And then my cup's going to overflow. Yeah. And I don't have to try and be a good mom. I don't have to try and be a good anything. Like, Welcome to the Art Infused Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Beauvais, a soulful light illuminating my innermost emotions with intuitive abstract art. I'm also a nurse practitioner focusing on addiction medicine and mental health wellness. And I'm Lynn Mazzolini. I'm a sensitive intuitive painter of feminine expression and I'm a chemistry professor with a fascination for the technical aspects of art materials. This podcast explores the emotional elements behind art and the art making process. Our intention is to inspire you and elevate your life with the unspoken power of art. We'll be here weekly. Now let's get started. This week on the Art Infused Life, we had the privilege to sit down with our mentor, Jessica Hughes. Jessica is a light that illuminates both of our paths and she gives of herself freely. She's the real deal, people. You do not want to miss this one. It is chocked full of inspiration, wisdom, heart. I can't even talk to you about everything that we've gone over. Just take a listen. This whole podcast that we're doing here is, the title says it all, Art Infused Life. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people get hung up on, well, I'm I'm not an artist. I don't do art. And um, I really feel like people aren't looking at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. They aren't. Art Infused Life, Just it doesn't mean just sitting down and making art. That's a huge part of it, right? but you can see the art of creating TikTok. I love creating reels. Mm-hmm. It, it's an art and, mm-hmm. you know, I've grown over time to, you know, appreciate it more and more. You know, my husband plays guitar. Um, we have to have art in our life. I actually see hiking in the mountains as a form of art, you know, like it is, it's a nonverbal way of accessing flow state and flow state is the ultimate creative state. And that's where, if you think of like, if you had tentacles, like where are we plugging in, you know, what do we have access to? And the more access we can create for all the people who don't have access to the creative side of themselves, um, you know, that's where I was like, it's not just about me. This is about me framing things for you guys so that you can put that in your messaging too and have the language, have the excitement to um, really have a compelling case for let's bring like creativity back into the forefront of of everything in our culture as a leadership, core leadership skill. Um, because movement is art, being out in nature, the it, it is beauty and art everywhere. And so we're immersed in this art infused life. Yeah. Every moment of every day, just right. wake up and watch the sunrise mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's there. It's like this showcase every day. We get them and we've got our heads in our phones and we miss it. Yeah. Unless we're paying attention. And the more you pay attention to that incredible, like, this is like a light show. This is like paying a ticket to go see something extraordinary. And it's like every day this happens in our sky, mm-hmm. in our world. You know, I, I, I work this program in my life where I have to do a life review and look back. And I remember my second grade teacher reading the story Charlotte's Web to us in class every day. And that changed my whole um, feeling about reading because that story came alive for me. I can still remember it. That's what I'm talking about. Art infused life. Like you said, it can be anything. As long as your intention is, you know, pure and receiving. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where like the synergy around what you are doing and just saying right now, and then the illuminated leader, you know, someone, the infusion, it's like, well, these all go together. Let's go. (laughs) Like, this is going to be amazing to talk about out in the world. And um, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so amazing. I love it. I really love it. I do too. Yeah. What do you think? Should we rip the bandaid off? <laughs> I'm all for ripping the bandaid off. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Get the oxygen yeah. in that wound. And, and that's like, right. Let me silence you know, my phone. Oh, yes. Me yesterday too. was like so draining for me. Um, Oh yeah. I, um, you know, I spent the entire day at the funeral home with, um, you know, family friends. And, um, as they said goodbye to their daughter and I loved her, I love her cause love doesn't die. And, you know, I just, it was just so much. And I came home and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a nap. And I'm like, oh, it's 6.30 at night. You can't, no, I did. And then I slept all night as well. And, you know, today I got up and I'm refreshed and it's a new day. It's a brand new day. And I woke up excited. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm working on this abstract piece in the basement and I ran down there to look at it. I don't know how you are when you're in the middle of a painting, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, um, Christmas. I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to see it again. (laughs) Like see where I can go with it. And, um, and then I started thinking about, you know, this interview with you and Lynn and, um, you know, all the blessings that I've had this week and, uh, it's exciting, you know, and that's how I, that's, you know, it's just so important to realize that, yeah, we can have grief, we can have heartache, we can have hardship, we can have our heat go out, whatever. And we still can be so grateful for everything that we have going on in our lives. And um, that's a lesson, you know, that I've really worked on since working with you in the tribe. Yeah, you know, gratitude is is everywhere. But you have to search for it. It just doesn't come. Right. Yeah. The intention around, you know, that's why we do the wins every Wednesday. 
is if if you don't think you've had a win, let's let's sit and get grateful about whatever it is, you know, because mm-hmm. it's that's that's where all of you know they say that gratitude and appreciation is the most receptive state for from a you know woo manifestation thing and it's the right brain it's where gratitude and appreciation and creativity and intuition um that is where it all resides and so that's where our, since i was 16 years old i've been talking about when you pair the right brain with the left brain like i just can't see how a whole brain working together is not as important as all of the focus and emphasis put on and the praise of left brain intellect, rational logic, like that has been prioritized to the extreme in our culture. And this is where I know in my whole being that it is our time as the ones that possess the closest access points to the imagination and the creativity and to amplify that and bring that into the world so that other people can remember, you know, remember what it was like just jumping in mud puddles when you're a little kid mm-hmm. and, you know, TikTok has its purpose, but it's not everything. And, and it's really about igniting that memory that people have of, what is imagination? What is creativity? And how can I have it and experience it right now and every day forward in the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Everything gets elevated. You get pulled out of bed, you know, mm-hmm. to go yeah. see your painting, you yeah. know, or go do the thing. And, uh-huh. and for me, lately, it's like, who do I get to talk to today? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I also, I woke up before my alarm which I don't know why, but I have my alarm too early on a Saturday, but I woke up before it and just reviewing all the amazing things I get to do today. Yeah. And yeah, just felt very happy. I saw you finished your painting. Yes. And I submitted it to um, the gallery. Um, Today was a deadline and um, the exhibit's going to open probably like Thursday or Friday next week. Yeah. Um, it's about the copper mining history of our region. And so yeah. I did this portrait of a woman who was just leading the charge, basically. You know, she was a, I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about it. This woman was like six feet tall uh-huh. in 1913 when women still didn't have the right to vote. And she was tall enough and strong enough and apparently also quite attractive um, but she could hold this big flag. They had a, a big American flag on a 10 foot pole and she would carry it in the parades. She was strong enough to carry it, mm-hmm. you know? And um, also she was, um, you know, just her overall look and everything, you know, they took pictures of her and put her, you know, I think they put it in the news, but anyway. Um, but yeah, she was a voice for, you know, the copper miners, you know, cause she yeah. saw, you know, what they were going through and the copper mine. It's like so impossible to really imagine what life was like a hundred years ago, but Mm -hmm. essentially, you know, the copper mine, they owned everything here. They owned all the houses. They owned the stores that people were shopping in. Um, If a man died in the mines, they gave some sort of money, like, a, um, you know, like a, some sort of payout. 
And then, you know, the family was asked to leave the house because the house was owned by the copper mines. I mean, it's just so many tragedies and things that um, that used to happen. And this is the other thing. So over about a 40 year span, um, so late 19th century, early 20th century, there were more than $150 million in dividends that were paid to the shareholders. But yet the workers were only getting $250 per day for an 11 hour workday underground wow. with dangerous conditions. And wow. so it's just unbelievable, you know, by today's standards to think that human beings used to put themselves through that. Yeah. And you painted her on copper, which I think is just so symbolic. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah I had a hard time with that painting and, uh, you know, on upon reflection, it had a lot to do with the fact that I got too much in my left brain. You know, mm-hmm. I was listening to an audiobook, which is an academic work of fiction. And I really emphasize academic because, you know, they only filled in some gaps, you know, to try to make it like, you know, a little bit more than just a history book, right? They wanted to make a story, you know, so there's like a romance in the story and different things. And um, and then at the end, they have all of the end notes and they say like, you know, this was fictionalized because we don't have any evidence. This is what we imagine. And then these other things, even though they seem really like they're exaggerated, they're not, they're actually true. There's actually documented evidence for some of these things. So it was really, really interesting. But listening to that book and trying to paint at the same time actually didn't work. It was interrupting my vibe connection. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, That's where I've learned to listen to music with no lyrics when I paint um, and when I write too, interestingly enough. Uh, I'm just playing around with that left brain, right brain stuff intentionally. Let's Mm -hmm. see what happens if I paint with, with music on, but no words. You know, yeah. let's see what happens when I paint with music with work. You know, it's just uh-huh. to get to live this life where we get to experiment with things like that is that's right. that's freedom to me. You know, that's freedom to me. And and ultimately this time right now with what we are going to be doing together in the next year is about like creative leadership is, is like the, the baseline under undercurrent of the entire thing, um, Mm -hmm. that creatives get to step into, especially female, uh, artists, writers, you know, whoever entrepreneurs I consider like they're the problem solvers, they create solutions Mm -hmm. from nothing, you know, so they are creatives as well. So it's, let's get those messages and those stories, let's get visible, you know, the visibility so that there is this movement, the illuminated movement of um, the ripple effect of what happens when artists claim their value, they see their worth, and they are willing to um, serve others through that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's get out of our own heads and our own, like, all of that. And, and what I have found through experience is when my heart is facing outwards and it's about transforming other people's lives, that ripple effect, it's like a wave of abundance that just, you know, the sky's open and it rains everything I could ever imagine as far as the materials, you know, it's so true. It's so true. It's like, and I've been taught this, I, it's not my own revolutionary idea, but, um, when I'm serving others, 
and with an altruistic spirit, you know, not anticipating anything in return is when I just get an abundance of return. Right. It happens every single time, you know? So uh, that's a great, great idea to keep in your head. And, and I, you know, it's not my original, nothing's an original idea. I mean, per se, but it's how we interpret it and, and funnel yeah. it through our own creative perspective. It's all perspective. Like we can right. see the same painting and see totally different things. We yeah. can see a circumstance in the world and have totally different, unique perspectives. And so yeah. for me, I think it's like, let's awaken the part of ourselves that is willing to, um, do it differently, change, mm-hmm. change a perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, where is the silver lining in this yeah. instead of like what I always say, what you focus on is magnified yeah. um, instead of focusing on a problem and, and trying to think our way through a solution by problem solving. Um, you know, there's, there's absolute value in that, but, but let's first, let's first look at it from um, solutions are all around us and and it's already been solved and it's solved. And like, how can I just see the gratitude or the joy or the appreciation or the beauty of a painful circumstance or, yeah. you know, the negative, right? Yeah. Yep. You both, you know, everybody that has been in my, in the core group of us that have really shown up, um, since February, you know, you really, I've watched all of you step into your own, you know, and, and be that example. Maybe if you weren't even consciously aware of it, like it, that blossoming effect when it's rooted in, um, in the gratitude and the, in those things, you know, the willingness mm-hmm. to open your mind and see things from a different perspective mm-hmm. yeah. allows all possibilities, you know, visibility. I wanted to talk about that yes. because, you know, that's one of the core beliefs of, you know, your premise. And I really want to expand on that mm-hmm. um, from Lynn's point from, a, a you know, she, she really focuses on women visibility and, you know, our superpowers and, and um, for me, it's, um, you know, just being visible as my altruistic self mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to be an example for um, other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people get hung up on that visibility thing. They think, oh, I don't, you know, I, that's my ego. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with ego. Um, well, well, and- I think even the phrase when people say, I am going to shamelessly self-promote myself, like in that phrase, it implies that there's shame and self-promotion. Like you should feel ashamed. So this is shameless self-promotion and, and just those subtle messages, um, that have been culturally ingrained in us. You know, that's what so much of this is about. Like you are an example, you don't even need to try. And that's what I see is, is being lit from within. It's not about hard work. It's not about effort. It's not like we show up and take action and, and are visible but it's not like, I don't have to create myself to be more than I already am. And I think that a lot of people who struggle with visibility, um, it's hardwired in as a survival instinct. Like if you go back to um, caveman times or whenever, like it was the tribe, like you, you were part of a tribe and you 
went out on your own in the, in the jungle and the whatever, it was death. Like mm-hmm. as a single, per- you didn't make it on your own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that instinct to stay with a community, with your tribe, be approved of. And that's where I see all these teenage kids trying to conform to each other, you know, and, and, and so then there's, there's of course, natural blocks. Like if I'm visible, then I'm subject to be judged. And if people judge me, then I'm thrown out of the tribe and in the jungle, in the wild to be chewed up by a lion. <laughs> like that's kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think imagination and creativity is like the core of the unlearning of that, like the, the deprogramming of it. Um you know, that's, that has been the truth for me. Yeah. Can I imagine a visible, what happens if I am unafraid of people's judgment? And I say yes to the opportunities that were going to put me in the spotlight. You know, old me was a turtle hiding under a table, you know, very shy. You know, I consider myself a lone wolf. Um, and I, I, and so that transformation is available to everybody. But I think the intention around being visible is such a hot button for, am I so good with myself that I'm ready to be seen and heard as my authentic, you know, person and just glow. And then I, I, I know, you know, moths to a flame. People flock to humans that radiate. And so this illuminated thing as a leadership you know, let's take all the pieces that no one talks about imagination as a leadership skill and, and recreate it with implementation and taking action when we're afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the key. When we're afraid. When we're afraid. When Still we're afraid. have to take action. It's just knowing the next step. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that's the one thing that I know that I'm certain with myself and it doesn't matter how afraid I am. And it doesn't matter anymore if I don't have the whole plan in advance. Cause that's where perfectionism comes out. Self-sabotage comes out like, Oh, I need to figure out the font of my website before I can publish it and let people see my art or <laughs> all of the ways we get tangled in, in the details, in the minutia of all of that. And so what if I, you know, put myself out there first, like live art shows, no website needed, no anything needed. Just talk to people on social media, share your art and send a PayPal link. You know, it can be so much simpler than, than, than we've made it to be, you know, like the traditional starving artist. Right. Why do you think you're so drawn to the women leadership people, Lynn? Me? Yes. I don't know, but I, I think just that um, a lot about you, you know, yeah. as a person. Well, okay. So um, do you want the like, you know, 30 second answer or the like could take me 10 minutes answer? <laughs> um <laughs> I was actually reflecting on this this morning, like, why is this such a core theme for me? And, um, it really, it goes back, it's, it goes back to what I observed when I was a young child, which was, 
um, a very difficult power dynamic between my parents. And to be really frank, um, my dad was violent and my mom was taking the brunt of it. You know, they were going through hard times and, you know, they were really young and, you know, they've grown so much beyond this and whatnot, but they were really struggling um, in major ways, but also they brought into their marriage a lot of trauma from, you know, their families and whatnot. But what I saw as a very young girl was that women weren't valued. And when my mom did something wrong, you know, my dad was upset about it. And I don't know. I mean, and then, and then the one thing that I still remember like so crystal clear and whatnot is that I was the firstborn. And when my brother came along, I was about, I think I was four or I was going to be four that summer. And, you know, my dad, he was a farmer, so he wanted a son you know, for right or wrong reasons or whatnot. He really wanted a son. Plus it was a new baby and you know how it, you know, it's just hard, you know, when you have one kid and you have a new one. And anyway, so I just remember my dad like pushing me away because I wanted his attention. And then he would say little things, you know, like, oh, this is boys only or, you know, whatever. So, you know, I was just, I was just at that, you know, very impressionable stage. And you know, I'm sure he wishes he would have handled it differently. And I don't think he did any of that on purpose, but the message that I got was, you know, related to this, you know, whether or not women have value. And I just feel like we are in such a male dominated culture. And that is a big reason why I feel like maybe even women don't like to be visible, you mm -hmm. know, because we're, we don't fit, you know, I, I noticed a picture one day, I was walking home from campus and the ROTC program, they had a, um, like a van or something out and they had these pictures, you know, and they're trying to promote their diversity, right? So they have minorities and also women dressed in, you know, uniforms for service. And it just dawned on me, I was looking at that picture and I was like, but that doesn't look like a woman to me. You know, yes, you have somebody of female physical gender that is put into a role, you know, where they're expected to adapt to all the masculine norms. And since then, I've actually seen that the Harvard Business School, they had um, published something in their, you know, their magazine about that. Like so many of our institutions, you know, the male behaviors are the things that are rewarded and like allowed and like the tending to be a little bit more female behaviors just really aren't valued that much. And so of course it's hard for us to stick our heads out, mm -hmm. stick our necks out, whatever the expression is. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have so much to say on the heels of I that. Know. I was like, Lynn, that was so powerful. It really, really so is. powerful. I, you make me want to cry <laughs> in a good way, but because I see you as such a powerful woman and, you know, just to hear that background, just let me up, let me up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you see that. And yet I always feel like I'm not. And what I learned from Ellie Milan in particular is that she's like, you know, cause she talks about her, her wound. And then she said, it's this lie that, you know, somehow we're, we're, 
we're believing this lie and she thinks you know it has to do with evil or whatnot i don't you know i don't um there's this lie and she said it's actually the opposite that is true and it really hit me because she just offhandedly said something about her daughter Demetra and what Demetra's fear is and I was like how could she think that like I see completely the opposite so then because I was at this was at a dinner conversation with her and so instead of answering the question that I asked <laughs> she said well what's your greatest fear and I shared a tiny bit of it and she said that's so interesting because we all see the opposite like you said Don and I just that so whatever our greatest fear is you know maybe it's the you know it's a gift you know that we're supposed to have this fear and we're supposed to learn how to overcome it and by overcoming it, we're forging forward for other people and saying like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Or moving through the fear, just like, you know, you move through your fears, you move through grief. I, I don't know um, if I totally overcome something, but I learned to move through it with grace and abundance, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That was really beautiful. Both of you. I mean, both of your stories are incredible. And um, I see like the polar opposite of your greatest fear. And I think that is what has been so amazing about us coming together is like, I get to see that light and that I feel like I see you as you really are. And let's fan the flames of that and step into it. Um, because that is how I really believe that's how change is going to take place is not in trying to fix other people or fix the culture. It is about let's have a relationship with, with myself where I see the light of who I am, you know, where the lie is dismantled and, and we get to just, we don't have to try or push. It's just be bright because you love your life because it's in such pure alignment with, with who you were born to be, you know, what that special, incredible, unique of talents and genius that is inside um, each human being. And as a culture, we're out of touch with it typically. Um, and so it's like, let's actually look at this, reverse engineer some things and start from the core of who we are, because otherwise, like, can you imagine no one's been taught, um, take up space, you know, Dawn, take up space, Lynn, be as big as you can be, follow mm -hmm. your joy and take up space. It's uh, ask permission, sit down, be quiet, have good manners, don't offend anybody, which stifles our, our life. And, you know, recovery has taught me radical honesty is kind of what I embraced five years ago. Um, and so I love how you both in the sharing of your story and your perspectives on what superpowers are, Lynn, you know, and painting them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really, really an incredible thing. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to get back to abundance, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is just not me. This is a core problem with anybody that wants to think big, mm -hmm. right? It's scary. And yeah. 
And that fear, honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, which I embrace honesty, (laughs) it's it's scary to be, to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so big. Like, how's that going to change my life? What am I going to do? We get comfortable. We get comfortable in scarcity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that thought process has to be let go of because it's okay to grow. It's okay to, to be big and not, not stay stuck where we're at. And that's where like reframing negative, like what if it gets better and better? What if you open yourself up to receive more? What happens then? Like, let's, Cause we're, you know, the program, what if, what if I go broke? What if I lose everything? You know, that's, that's magnifying that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I think, you know, the radical part of like the badass tribe to me, that means women radical enough to choose abundance and joy and worth and value and, and be visible and just radiate that. That's, that's one of the most radical things I think we can do mm-hmm. um, because that's, it's scarier to think, what if it all works out? It sure is. It is. Even if you visualize, you know, people will look at mansions and they'll look at this and they'll look at the, they'll visualize that. But when it comes right down to it, you know, there, that there's that little voice in the head. Oh, I'm just looking. I mean, you know, that's not going to be me. That's the negative thought process that I'm talking about. And it it is a true struggle. Absolutely. Because it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. Are we worthy? You know, is it good manners? Um, You know, all of that stuff plays into it. And um, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Part of being visible to me is like having the guts to say no when you mean no. Instead of what we're programmed to do as little girls, which is, you know, I don't want to hug that person. Mm. Mom says, go hug that person. That's your cousin. I don't want to, you know, saying yes, when you really mean no. And so Mm -hmm. that people pleasing is so subtle um, that we don't realize it. And that's where so much of the conflict I feel like happens with women is around worth is. I've been told to betray myself my entire life mm-hmm. and the gap is so broad now. How do I bridge that? How do I come back? Yeah. Really insightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and even when I think about how I was raising my own kids, I, I mean, I, I had this conversation with my youngest just the other day and, you know, he's pointing out a lot of my faults and it goes back to, I, I just replied, you know what? I, I really did the best that I could at the time. Yeah, I really did. And am I perfect today still? No, I have, I'm always going to be learning. I'm always going to be growing. However, I did the best I could in that particular time. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole essence of growth yeah. is if I stop growing, I'm dead in the water. So I'm always striving to grow, you know, spiritually, emotionally, monet- you know, um, with things. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. We need to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Keep growing. Yeah. I mean, Lynn, can you share what you said last night when we were talking about the Joni Mitchell, you know, that desire <laughs> coming into your head? You know, I don't remember what I said exactly, but yeah, it's just sometimes I just feel like, you know, we just like to have, you know, complete freedom to just, you know, just paint for hours and hours and, you know, just have the canvases everywhere and all the walls and all the floor and just be completely lost in the moment. And, um, you know, honestly, that, you know, it, maybe it sounds goofy or something, but it's, it's, a, you know, it'd be such a luxury, you know, where I don't have to be mom. I don't have to be, you know, you know, doing other responsibilities. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to sleep at a certain time. I don't have to take the dog out, you know, <laughs> it's like just completely yeah. get lost in the creativity. And, you know, there's so many artists that we hear, you know, they kind of have those, you know, those moments where they just get completely, you know, immersed in it and something amazing comes out of it. Yeah. Sure. That was my next question because you know, you imagine that forward and, and the question really is who am I for my people that I love after I do an experience where I get to paint 30 canvases at once for as long as I want. And who do I, who do I show up as then in that moment to cook dinner for my family, uh-huh. that radiating, you know, you're like, ah, I got to answer that desire. That is freedom. Like I said, yes to me. I yeah, said yeah. no to the people who were demanding that I be responsible, you know, and that's what, that's kind of what I'm hoping to lead people closer and closer to is um, we don't need to lead by force. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, you know, taking responsibility for our own worth and our own genius, creative genius inside. Um, and moving through the discomfort of saying that out loud, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and then acting on it. Yeah. And then that's just such a beautiful image of the easier path to lead and set women free from themselves. You know, I heard this, um, it, I would, you know, it was only a couple of years ago but it has stuck with me to my core. And I was at a support group meeting and um, this young man who I I haven't seen in a while, but he was sitting, he was, you know, sharing some thoughts and he said, you know what? He goes, I get to get up and go to work every day. I get to tie my shoelaces. He goes, I don't have a license, but I get to walk here to this meeting and be with all you guys. And he goes, he goes, if you just change that one little phrase, I have to go to the store. No, I get to go to the store today. Yeah. I ran out of coffee this morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. And guess what? I got to go to the store and get coffee. Yeah. Just that one little tweak. And had I, learned that maybe sooner in life, it could have been very valuable, but it's valuable now. Right. And I use it. Mm -hmm. I use it over and over. I get to do this. Just changes the whole context of everything in my life. I love that. Mm -hmm. What do they say with a sailboat? If you're just like a couple degrees off 
like one yeah. degree off, you're going to end up in a totally different shore. And yeah. that's really what that one word can do for people internally. Yes. It's just, you're going to land in a totally different place when you think that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It changes the whole feeling, the whole emotion behind everything. Yeah. And I, I feel like I can, my performance is better. So for example, when I'm teaching the big lecture class, you know, last year it was a new uh, class for me and I was teaching it and I felt a little overwhelmed because I'm like, Oh, it's almost 200 students. And then um, this year, I just really started to think about this fact that they're all 18 year olds, <laughs> you know, they're their first semester in college and aren't they lucky because they get to have me as their professor. Yeah. And, you know, I wore, you know, I made an art t-shirt and I've worn that, you know, kind of snazzed up a little bit a couple of times. I had that pop-up show that was um, advertised even locally on campus and things. And I just went in there with a different attitude. Sometimes I was listening to my headset, you know, getting my high vibe going, you know, even in the last few minutes, I'm setting up my computer and, you know, plugging in the mic and then I take the headset off and it's like, hey, how are we doing? And I'll tell you what, the, it's just so much more fun for me. And I feel like they're doing better. Uh-huh. They're really doing better. But if I go there and be all serious and I'm very important professor and da, 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 and you know, you're just 18 and uh, they're just like, oh. <laughs> I feel like what you just said is just a perfect core example of the art infused life. Okay? <laughs> you have a, you have a profession, right? It, chemistry, but yet you're wearing an art t-shirt, you know? you're talking about art. You know, when I go to my, when I go to my job, they're like, Hey, you, why don't you bring some of your pictures in here and hang them up around the office? It's an art infused life. And it's so important. And it changes everything, everything. Mm -hmm. It's contagious. Yeah. Contagious. Yeah. I love that story, Lynn. Yeah. And that is really what it's all about. Like, instead of how much can I teach them? It's how much fun can I have? Yeah. I love this. And you're being, you're modeling um, some, like the lie is you can't have it all. You have to choose one thing and you can't have the other things in the buffet. Um, and, and I love that, that you are teaching, you know, you're in chemistry and, and wearing an art shirt. It's like that this subtle message, you can have it all. You can have both. Um, yeah. Yes. We get hung up on that. You know, I've been hung up. Well, I'm, you know, I have patience and, you know, I'm doing these things and I, and I, I like what I, I like helping people. I love what I do, but yeah, I want to be an artist and no, I, it's a luxury. I, and it's a luxury. I really believe to the depth of me that everyone can have. And everyone has access to it, even if they've been told they, you're not an artist. Yeah. Yeah. There's art in everyone. And to pull that out and utilize that expands your life. It does. (laughs) You know, I know I've talked about this before, but I mean, I've always enjoyed art. I took classes in high school and in college and 
And then I put it on the shelf when my kids were growing up and I was so busy and it wasn't until, you know, I had lost, um, a, a really close, um, family friend and my sister who is classically trained said, come on over here, we're going to paint. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not painting. And she's like, yes, you are. And I said, no, you know, I'm just putting up the gates. No, no. I get over there, her whole table set up with art supplies. I'm like, okay. And I painted that lion picture. And it, it, it really ignited something inside of me. And for that whole two hours that we sat at that kitchen table painting, the grief subsided, the negative thinking subsided. I had nothing but joy and creativity and, and it just, it clicked. I was like, yeah, art is art heals. Mm -hmm. It really does. And when I did the paint along, <laughs> we started out with, uh, I said, this is there. I, I only have one rule in this class one. And they're like, okay, what is it? And I said, um, comparison is the thief of joy. So I don't want you to look at my painting. I don't want to look at your neighbor's painting. I want you to paint and experience joy. And everybody had a great time. So yeah, art heals. it really does to the core. That's leadership. You know, that's creating a safe space for a community of people that wouldn't have maybe thought of it otherwise, you know, and that's where artists who believe they're not worthy or who am I, who am I to teach a group like that? All yeah. of those program things that, you know, you just said one rule that yeah. changed the game for the entire experience. Yeah. Oh, you mean I don't have to compare? It's not about that. It's just having fun. Yeah. It's like giving people keys to freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, with the words we choose and the atmosphere we arrange. And um, it's an incredible thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I know probably Lynn feels the same way, but I just, I feel so blessed that I stumbled upon your little, when you did your little painting. Um, Oh, the Maybe. little gems. That was a year little ago. Gems. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I stumbled across that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to join that little group. And then, you know, that was my, really the first time I had seen you on any kind of social media. And I went into that art show. And then from there, you know, I got into this wonderful community we call the tribe and I've gotten to know you. And then I met Lynn and like, you know, we have the soul sister connection and um, it's just been a beautiful thing. And I'm just so grateful, very grateful. It's changed my art career completely. So well, uh, that I am so grateful for both of you and everything that um, the, you know, everyone else in the tribe, in the media group, in all of it, like the ripple effect. And, and that is why I'm brave. Because I think of what would have happened if I had not gotten sober? What would have happened if I'd stayed numbed out? 
Yeah. What would have happened if I didn't have finally find my voice and my power and say, this is not serving me and I'm out of here um, and had the courage to leave something that was no, it was not conducive to any part of the light inside me. Um, so, so that is, that is, and now like the transformation that both of you you know, everything you've just articulated in this conversation is just, you know, mind blowing when um, it's just the growth. It's just an incredible thing. And the, and the power of that ripple effect, you mm-hmm. know, Lynn with your 200 students and Dawn with your, your 20 some people in your basement. And like, yeah. that's where that expansion to allow ourselves to receive the abundance of, and it comes from that ripple effect of, of, really holding bigger and bigger spaces for ourselves to be visible as a leader and mm-hmm. radiate. Mm-hmm. And then it's contagious. Courage is contagious. And so is creativity. And so is like this choosing this radical choice to say, I'm going to honor me first. And then my cup's going to overflow. Yeah. And I don't have to try and be a good mom. I don't have to try and be a good anything like releasing that past. Um, whatever it was and forgive ourselves. We have always done the best that we can with the resources we've had at hand. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, that's the beautiful part of it. Like what lessons did I learn on the journey that enabled me to have this perspective, to have this voice now, have this perspective now came yeah. through pain, you know, and um, all of you have turned pain to beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but yes. it's, it's really true though that somehow I got a lot of permission. You know, I I saw I've I've sought permission from a lot of people, but I got a huge permission slip from you, Jess, because I still remember when you were just starting to share some of your story, you know, of um, you know, the the whole recovery journey and then um, you know, just deciding you know, you just decided like, okay, I'm not going to be a victim to that Mm -hmm. circumstance anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just built for yourself, you know, a a new life or, you know, the life that you'd wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling like, wow, I don't have to be a victim of my circumstance. I don't have to feel like, oh, this thing happened to me. So therefore I can never be, you know, something more or, you know, or even, you know, even the ripple effect, you know, for my daughter and stuff, you know, to think about some of the things that she's still kind of overcoming in terms of her own, you know, early childhood trauma and stuff, you know, just to give me like really an amazing hope that, you know, somehow she doesn't have to be a victim of that. And, you know, it's just, you know, just changing things so much. So just, you know, really setting an example in terms of not needing to be in the victim state anymore has been like my huge, you know, first takeaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. Gosh, that is huge. Like, that's huge. That's kind of jaw drop, you know, the jaw drop to hear it reflected back is, is amazing. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, there's that other subtle thing that's that we all feel like if you go through trauma, then, then I am trauma. 
So I would, I would be selfish if I experienced joy after this trauma. And I think that's where a lot of people think that they don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I'm broken. Yeah. Uh Um, And, and that's where that goes down to like, I decided, well, there was nowhere else to go, but up in my case, but it's like that. I am, I am. So this is where four words added to a sentence can change everything instead of, I am angry. I am aware that I feel angry, you know, instead of I am my trauma, I am aware that I experience trauma. And it's that just that degree of separation between identity and the emotion, you know, you are not your trauma. You are not your pain. Mm-hmm. We all experience that because that's the human condition. And, um, that, that right there, you know, that's what you just described Lynn is, is I don't have to be a victim to anything, you know, um, right. and claiming responsibility for like, I get to choose to not be that, you know, not be this anymore. And then, then women, when they, it's like, you get to claim your power back. It's nothing I did for either of you. You both did it. And you know, that's where it's like, I get to bask and like the amazement of these incredible women that, um, that have, because I was visible, mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be found and to tell a story that, that could have been really tragic. Um, yeah. And I still, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like kind of embarrassed thinking about this now, but I'm not sure if a year ago, I still really understood like without a shadow of a doubt that that everybody like you said it's a human condition like everybody has been through something that has really you know made them think or made them you know step back or question their existence or like why me or why this or you know whatever the question is I don't really know but I used to think that you know just some people were affected and other people were just lucky or whatever and that's the distortion in the lie it's everywhere Mm -hmm. every person every individual and uh you know and that's where you know one of the things in this journey of growing into to me continuing to grow more is like I stopped asking why and I stopped asking how Mm -hmm. they're not really that helpful And so, you know, from a leadership's perspective, there's so much power in the questions you ask someone that they may not ask themselves. And and it's not about like, I didn't pour anything from a, let's, let's think this through into you guys. It was like, just let's ask this question. And, um, you know, is asking why resourceful and helpful for who I want to become is asking how even that. Or can I be so in love with who I am and trust in, in my abundance with such certainty that I just take the step into fear of the unknown and trust that the next step's going to be there and the next step and the next step and the next step. That's what, I mean, that's like manifestation. And that is when, when it just starts to rain down, you know, everything we desire. Mm-hmm. When I look at some of my life circumstances, I have posed the question why, and um, I've learned the why is not important. Mm-hmm. 
what I've decided is, you know, what are you going to do with it? And then I also think it's important to give time, time, Mm -hmm. because it's the human nature and it's perfectly normal to have those what ifs and whys in the very beginning, but you still put the action behind it and say, what am I going to do about it? Like we can't think our way into a right way of living. We have to do things and it's in the doing that changes those little whys and what ifs. It's in the doing, the action that gets us out of that thought process. And then you start seeing the beauty. But people have this perception that, you know, I can think things, I can think this through and I can get this right in my head. No, it's all about action. It's Mm -hmm. all in the doing. That's been my experience. Um, I have to do things, have to live my way, into a right way of thinking. Yep. Not the other way around. And it has a lot of rewards in the same token. I think it's important to realize that it's completely normal to have those thoughts and those things and just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I am aware that I feel grief yeah. Allows you to feel the grief and you're not, yeah. it. you're not bound to it. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's part of what I want to st- spread through all of it is yeah, grieving is normal. Pain is normal. Our lives right. fall apart. Right. But we don't have to fall apart with it. And yeah. if we do, like, there's no shame in it. This is, um, this is part of the breakthrough, you know? And, um, I feel like that permission to, to feel joy when you've had such a tragic life experience, like, like I have, um, you know, it's like people look at me and see me smiling and happy and they're like, oh my gosh, how can she be happy? She just lost her grandchild. And yes, I have grief. Mm -hmm. I am aware that I feel grief. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I can't experience joy as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's my, my purpose is to be joyful. Our purpose here on earth while we're here is to have joy Yep. and I'm chasing after it. Yep. That's it. You are it. You know, it's, it's, uh, yes. I yes. am, I am aware that I am joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where I'd even say I am joy. Like, you <laughs> Like you are it. That is the core of our pure identity, yeah. you know, and then we go through lessons of life. Yes. And then, and then we dissolve the lie yeah. and go back to that. I am joy. I am love. I yeah. am abundance. Those things we are. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. True that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, whoa, we're over time. We are over time. I wanted to say thank you so much for <laughs> chatting with us today. Absolutely. There's so many valuable nuggets that I had not even considered that we would touch on. And guess what? It all comes out. Yep. Um, it was a great, it was a great chat. And, Absolutely um, was. 
And uh, I look forward to many more. Yeah. Thank you both for having me on your show. This is such an honor to be, um, you know, to be in this seat where you both are leading this with this, this podcast. It's fabulous. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jess. Is there um, anything else that you might want people to know about you that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Um, I just feel like, you know, there, when we allow ourselves not to, um, sit in excuses, you know, that, that compromising ourselves, it's just, we're just binding ourselves up if we live in that and don't allow ourselves to dream big. Um, and, you know, that was a choice I made when I decided to paint full time two years ago. I'm a single mom, seven kids in recovery from substance abuse addiction, all these, like I had every label under the sun, every excuse under the sun. And I had all the people that were like, no, Jessica, you are not to start another business. You have seven kids. You're single. There's no provider, you know, like go get a job, be secure. And that, that was a pretty radical thing. And, and I feel like that's not, oh, great me, but like, let's, let's put that out there in the world. Um, so people know that it's possible, you know, and that is where I'm like, I am just going to blaze the trail. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, James Wedmore says, if you zig when everyone else is zagging, um, that's where opportunities and prosperity lies. And it's like, you know, loving yourself enough to, um, zig when everyone's zagging and, uh, you know, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, there's so much emphasis on find your why, find your why until you find your why you can't build a business really beyond that. And, and that's where I'm like, I don't need to know why. Um, I trust myself to step into each next bigger step into visibility and, and zig when everyone else is zagging in James's words that those are his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that anything is possible. Our wildest dreams can come true and, and it can happen really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of it. You are a beautiful power of example. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I Thank love you. it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's a beautiful place to close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. Bye everyone. What an amazing episode that was. I'm so happy we had the chance to share that with you. Um, you can learn more about Jessica Hughes at Jessica Hughes Media and Fine Art. She has a number of um, different programs. She's the founder of the High Vibe Art Tribe. Um, she has a media accelerator program and she has a new mastermind program called Illuminate. And Don and I actually are part of all three of those things. They are really uh, very, very, very good. So I hope you enjoyed that um, episode and I hope you can take a few seconds to leave us a review or leave a comment. And we so appreciate hearing from you. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.